I've, I've just been thinking about what I'm going to share for a while and actually in the middle of writing a song about it. I don't know how that'll come out, but we'll see. But <laughs> um, Just how critical uh, it is what's coming out of our mouths. I know we talk about this a lot, but this might be a little bit different direction to look at this with, especially in the middle of what we're going through right now. Um, you know, as a nation and we sang about some good songs. I know you all sang that song on Sunday, but I thought, you know what, I need to sing this song tonight. So, so we, we can use uh, the same song in a consecutive service, can't we? Yeah, it works. All right. Um, so what I'm talking about tonight is the sound of victory. And um, uh, so... You know, we're in the middle of a sports thing right now. Maybe that's why I'm kind of thinking about it a little bit is, um, and I know, I've referred to this before, but um, you can tell uh, who knows that they won if they care <laughs> by what's coming out of their mouth. Um, it's victory. You know, we had something happen. Uh, I, my wife and I were watching some of the tennis. I don't know if anybody watched. They, they, I think it was a U.S. Open that was happening recently. Man, it was so hot, you know, and it was so, and, and, the, and I won't even, I won't give anything other than this was an announcer that was going up and interviewing somebody that just won. Did it more than once. Go, goes up and, and is talking to this person that just won a match and says, so what about this other person over here that you're getting ready to, um, you know, this is the next person you're going to be your competitor, you know. Um, and I'm thinking, this person just won. Let him talk about winning. You know, don't, let, don't talk about something else. Let's talk about winning. Because that's, what, that's what's celebrated. When you win, you're going to talk about what you just did. There's, there's going to be a sound that, that's going to be evident when you really know that you won. And I'm going to speak this, to this tonight because there's a temptation to see something other than that we won. And as soon as it sounds like we don't believe we won, we lose the victory. Whether it's been won for us or not, we no longer have it. <laughs> because there's a, there's a connection of sound to the experience of victory. It, it's, a, it's a spiritual principle. Um, it's faith is what it is. It's, it's an evidence of faith. Why, why do we praise uh, because it's 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 an it's a release of something we believe a victory that's been won. That's why praise is so important. It's an affirmation of something we already have, and it's a release of faith in regard to that. But let's look at this because it becomes very critical what's coming out of our mouth because it's either going to be the sound of victory or the sound of defeat, and we're identifying with one or the other based upon the sound. Okay, so it's going to be the sound of victory. And let's look at it here in Joshua. I'm just going to go through some examples in the Old Testament, some stories in the Old Testament, and then we're going to connect it to where we are right now because, um, man, it's real important. That's why I love when, when we, uh, so, so uh, I've grown up, my dad is a, it's so precious. He, he, I just read his book. He's getting ready to, to, to publish this book that he wrote. It's all these stories from, from you know, ministry and his life and relationships through the years. And, man, I'm sitting there crying, reading this stuff, you know. And, and, uh, 
and, and he referred to this once, so about, you know, just how he, uh, he, he went up to the church and he, there wasn't anybody else there because my mom was home with us kids. We were sick or something. And, and he goes up to the church and he says, and I'm going to have to lead worship too on the two keys that I can play in. And, um, and we actually have a video of him. I mean, just recent video. And he's, he's never practiced the piano, but he can play it. It's, he has to play the black keys because his fingers won't fit in between to play the white ones. You know, so, so he, and, and, and he just kind of goes like this, and it sounds great. But anyway, I grew up in that, and my dad's a worshiper, you know, and it's like, and, 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 and it's, the, it's, the, <laughs> it, it's who we are. But, but I found out that, that true worship isn't just when the music's going on. It's, it's what happens in between. You know, it's, it's, it's not just the words on the page. It's what's happening in between the words on the page. You know, that's when, that's when it's real, right? So uh, I had a real direction I was going on with that. And I think I kind of got off the track a little bit. But, but, but it's going where I want to go here because um, it, the, the, whatever is coming out of our mouth, either we're living this or we're trying to portray something that's not real. Okay. So let's go back to Joshua 6.20. Let me just read this here. It says, So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpet. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. So there's 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 an effect of a sound that's made. And, And there's... It's contagious. It causes a sweeping of something. Now, when they heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout, that what happened? The wall fell down. Now, I'll just put a little bit of context around this real quick. What happened? For seven days, what, were, what, what was coming out of their mouths? Nothing. Nothing. We say nothing. <laughs> right? Nothing's coming out of our mouth. Why? Because we can't be talking about how big this wall is. You can't be talking about something else. You know? It's important what's coming out of your mouth. And it would be much better if nothing's coming out of your mouth. And you're waiting until the trumpet blows for the right thing to come out of your mouth. Because the whole time they're walking around there. Now they're doing this in faith. God told them to do this. There's probably some things in there that we could draw out. but, But the whole time. God was able to bring those walls down, wasn't he? The ability was theirs. But there was an activation of sound. What were they doing? They were, there was a release of the glory of God that affected something that required that sound. (laughs) He said, on that seventh day when the trumpet blows, you shout. And can you imagine how exciting that was? The hair had to be standing up on the backs of their necks. I mean, they just had to be totally... You know, I mean, that's, wow. God's, all these walls in front of them that they were so, you know, I, I think maybe the seven days took, took that long for them to say, oh, that's a stupid wall again. <laughs> you know, the first time, maybe it was like a big thing. It was like after the seventh day, it's like, oh, here we go again, the wall, you know. It's not that big of a deal. And sometimes I think, even what we're going through right now, I, I'm sorry, but I, I've, I, I don't want to reveal myself too much, but I haven't been watching this stuff a whole lot. I just do not want to be impressed with what the devil's doing. You know what I mean? Now, we can be aware of what he's doing, 
But if you feast on that too much, you're impressed by what he's doing. And you can get into fear over it. And you, can, and, and you can let even your prayers be moved by trying to instruct God on what's going on on the earth so he can get with it and do something about it. And he's known all along. In fact, he's got a plan going on right now. And you, you see what the devil's doing and we don't, and it's like, but there's more that are with us if we could just have our eyes open. God's got a plan right now. It should make us excited because God's in the middle of doing something big right now. And, 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 and when, we, when we see this, so... Uh, so, when was this their promise? When was this established? This was established at least 40 years prior to this, wasn't it? When God said, I'm going to take you into a promised land. And you're going to occupy that thing. And remember what happened? Well, we'll get to it in a little bit. But, but, but it's very important that you get your mouth in line with God, what God said he's going to do in your life. Or it doesn't matter that it's provided unless there's a sound associated with it coming from you. It's going to be dormant, inactive. But you see, those walls came down when the sound came out. Very important what that sound is. We're going to see something related to that in a little bit here, okay? So, 1 Samuel 4, 5. <clears throat> so this happened. <laughs> Actually, when they showed up, their enemies were already afraid. They already heard what this God could do, Right? So let's, let's read this. Um, and when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp. Remember what happened? It, it, was, it was taken to Shiloh and it wasn't with them. And, and the Philistines were beating them up. And they said, light bulb. We need the presence of God. <laughs> you know? But watch this. It wasn't just the presence of God that was necessary here. Because the enemy needs to hear a sound. The enemy needs to... Because you know what? Otherwise, he's hearing another sound, this submission to him. Right? If all we're talking about is what the enemy's doing, he's saying, I got them right where I want them. They're mine. But when you start making this other sound, you know what? He is scared to death, literally. <laughs> he's scared to death of God in us. But it's only when the sound comes out. Let's see the correlation here. When the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, what happened? All Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. Isn't that amazing? What were they? What, what did they see in the presence of God? They saw their victory. They saw their heritage. They saw something that was already secured for them. Right? And they just released. They weren't trying to make something happen. They were excited about what happened. Right? right? <clears throat> now, when the, now when the Philistines heard the, sound, the noise of the shout, they said, what does the sound of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? There's an effect when our shout comes out about the presence of God. What are we declaring? We're declaring his greatness. We're declaring what is, it's already been there. And, and you wonder sometimes if they even really needed the ark. Because I'm thinking about this. You know what? The ark could have come in and they could have just said, ooh, let's be quiet about it. Let's, let's be reverent. You know? And there's a time for reverence, but there's a time for a shout, you know? The enemy needs to hear that God is great. 
I think sometimes, you know, God, in our, it can be. I don't, I don't say that over us. But, but you can be in a church service. God's great. He can do anything. He can bring down walls. He can, he can bring down mountains. He can heal the sick and raise the dead. He can do all this kind of stuff. But let's be reverent about it because we don't want the devil to hear that, you know. Say, like, that's the one that needs to hear. That's why we need to get loud sometimes, right? Then they understood that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp so that so something had happened. The presence of God was there. They understood it. How did they understand it? A sound. It was a sound that came out. <clears throat> Woe to us, for such a thing has never happened before. Woe to us, who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods. These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. They were scared already. Did you know that anything that looks like it's a big foe, Hamas, whatever the other names are, I don't know all the names, right? <laughs> Orlando could give me all the names, right? <laughs> whatever their names are, they shudder. The demons that drive them shudder at the name of Jesus. But you have to speak it. You have to lift it up. Amen? It has to be what's on your lips and not Hamas. If all we're talking is Hamas, Hamas is getting exalted. And the enemy's not hearing what we have. He needs to hear it. Even though we have it, he needs to hear it. Even though we've been given the victory, we'll see this. Even though we have more than enough. Even though greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. It will not be effective until it's heard. Until there's a sound that comes out with it, okay? Um, all right, let's go to Second Chronicles 5.13. Y'all good? So, now we've seen this in action out on the field. But it has to be authentic. It has to be who we are. This is why we come together as a church body. We don't come together just to, to, to put in our church, uh, God time for the, for the week. To check the, check the box and feel like, you know, we're doing our thing. If we happen to feel like it this week, you know. <laughs> what are we doing? We come together to sing some songs. It's not, it's not the worship time. It's the song use that, that ushers worship. I'm, we're worshiping right now. What are we doing? We're saying, God's saying something. I'm going uh, uh, to align myself with it right now. And that's really what worship is. So that I'm going to come in conformity to the presence of God and his will in my life right at this moment. When music's going on, it's so important to, to get involved and not let those just be lyrics that are passing us by, but there are opportunities for a sound to come out that's coming from the inside of us. That's letting us know, letting the enemy know, and here's what takes place. This is what will happen. This is what happens. There is a, there's a, an ushering in of the glory of God that becomes something that we're familiar with. You know what? We need to be familiar with the, with the glory of God in the time of battle. It doesn't need to be something we're having to conjure up. You know what I mean? Let's say, what was that scripture? Uh, you know? <laughs> it, it, it's, something, it, it's just coming out of who we are. It's kind of like what I was saying about my dad. It, it just becomes something that it's just who you are. 
So it has to be rehearsed. It has to be done inside the walls too. You know, from our reading today, Paul actually said that there needs to be people in the house of the Lord. We are the temple, but there needs to be a house of the Lord too where we come together and we, and we, we re rehearse the release of sound that ushers in the glory of God, that we become familiar with that. And it's, it's like we're, now wherever we go, we're, we're carriers of that glory. Amen? The band and the chorus. That sounds like they gathered somewhere, doesn't it? Okay. United as one to praise and thank the Lord. Their selections were interspersed with trumpet oblig obligatos. The, the clashing of cymbals and the loud playing of other musical instruments. All praising and thanking the Lord. Their theme was, he is so good. His loving kindness lasts forever. They weren't getting real fancy. They were just magnifying him. Amen? And what happened? At that moment, the glory of the Lord, coming as a bright cloud, filled the temple so that the priests could not continue their work. What was happening? This was reality for them. It wasn't it wasn't magic that they were going to use at the time. Uh, if, if we just do this, it's going to work. This, this is not religion. It's not hocus pocus. It's a release of legitimacy of who we really are. This needs to be what we experience. What we anticipate. What we participate in. Amen? What would have happened? The glory of the Lord was there, wasn't he? But what did it take? Sound. Had to, it took a sound that acknowledged it was appropriate for the presence of God. And that's when it came in. Amen? We need, to, we need to be sensitive to this. We need to nurture this. It needs to be something that we come together when, and, and we're, we're carrier, carriers of this glory. We're experiencing it together. I say that this is what we do. Amen? We did it tonight. Amen? That when we're, but let's be aware of it. And let's realize that this needs to not just be a church thing. It doesn't need to just be a song thing either. We can, we can nurture this in the marketplace. You know, in our homes, we can be releasing a sound that's magnifying God. Amen? If, if, you, if you get too weird about it in your house, you know, the dogs might start howling, and, and, you know, but the, but the, but it needs to be real, you know. And needs, there needs to be a sound that's, that's going to come out of you. Can't you're not going to keep a sound out of me because there's a big God inside of me, Amen. Deuteronomy one thirty four. Our sound determines our destiny. Okay, so this goes back to remember what happened when the walls came down. God takes it very seriously what that sound is coming out. And this is before that. What happened? He, he brought them out of Egypt, didn't he? He did all those plagues against the Egyptians to make sure that they could leave. But what happened? God got them out into the wilderness. And what started coming out of their mouth was not praise. Was not exalting God. What was it? You know, even just a tiny whine. Shuts down praise. Shuts down the power of God, doesn't it? 
And the Lord heard the sound of your words and was angry and took an oath saying, surely not one of these, the sound of your words. It's not just, you know, every idle word we're going to give account for. Why? Because it has a sound. It's either affecting the glory of God, ushering in the power that we have already been given, or it's opening the door for the enemy to take what God has given us and for us to be without. Surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall see that good land which I swore to give to your father. Isn't this amazing? God said, this is the word of God. This is the sound of God's voice swearing. Now, he, he wasn't, it wasn't a four-letter word. It was, he, was, he was saying, I'm giving, I, I am affirming that this is what's going to happen. You would think that's going to happen no matter what. And some people want to do this with grace right now. They want to say, God, by grace, has saved me completely. I don't have to do anything. And no, there's a part that we have to play. God told them they were going to go in, and now he's saying you're not going to because of what? What's coming out of your mouth? The sound will disable your destiny. Surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall see that good land of which I swore to give to your fathers. It was a promise we have, but it will be disabled by what's coming out of our mouth. Except Caleb, because he's doing the lyrics right now. And we need him. <laughs> the son of Jephunneh. He shall see it, and to him and his children I am giving the land on which he walked, because he wholly followed the Lord. How did he follow the Lord? By what he said, right? We, you cannot follow the Lord and have something else coming out of your mouth. What... What God has promised needs to be coming out of your mouth. What came out of mouth, uh, Caleb's mouth? He said, surely the Lord will do what he promised that he would do. Right when the other 10 guys were saying, we can't do it. They're too big. They have walls. <laughs> right? God takes it very seriously. We, well, let me not get ahead of myself. Okay. Colossians 2.13. Any defeat he has turned into victory. So, there's this principle. God's provision, God's promise is still waiting on our compliance with the sound that's coming out of our mouth. It's so critical. We have to be so careful that we're not, I think one of the biggest things that the enemy wants to do is, is to get us to whine just a little bit, even to say, why is it taking this long? Why this? As soon as we get into that, we're away from the promise, aren't we? The giants are too big and the walls are too high. We're into the whiny side. And, you know, we can get into heaven and praise God, there's grace for that. But, but what about those promises? They require a sound that confirms them by faith, right? Okay. I like this. And you, being dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him having forgiven you all trespasses. So what is so significant about this? Because everything that could be we, in life that we could be condemned for, cursed for, has to do with our sin nature, right? And he says, everything that's about you that, 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 that 
you could say, well, I deserve this. <laughs> it's coming my way. Uh, the enemy can come in and beat me up because I deserve it for any reason. He says, Jesus came in and he defeated that, right? Yes. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirement that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed. So hey, look, at, look at what he's, he's making this association between all the principalities and the powers of darkness that, that could defeat us in any way. Uh, that includes governments. That includes anything that could be over us that we could become afraid of. Right? And what does it say that Jesus came and did? He defeated those completely. Having disarmed, that means anything that's against us, principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. What does that sound like? World War II is over. We're having a parade down the street. We've already won. We're not worried about Hitler anymore. He's been killed, right? It's like, we've won, we've won. Are we worried about the battle of World War II anymore? No, we're not, right? All we're doing is celebrating. And there's a sound that represents it. When you really believe, you didn't just look at the news report and say, well, I don't really believe it. I just really feel like, you know, it's really a terrible thing still that we need to be worried about. No, it's over. And when you really believe it, you actually enter into rest, don't you? You're not worried about it anymore. You're resting from that thing. It says here, he came and anything that's wrong in us, we don't have to convince it. We don't have to get better. We don't have to fix ourselves. We don't have to do anything else. No, he's defeated that. All the principalities and powers, he's already defeated them. The battle is won. Yeah. What part do we have to take in this? We have to say, no, we have to not say, no, I, don't, I believe World War II is still going on. No, no, you've won. Celebrate. Because when you really believe, it will be celebration that comes out of your mouth, not defeat. Does that make sense? <laughs> and I like this. It's past tense. It's all past tense, isn't it? God doesn't need to do any more winning for us. There's things that he will do. They're by promise that we can stand for by faith. They come by faith, don't they? They don't come by whining. They don't come by exalting the enemy. They come by a sound that represents that we actually believe they've been secured for us, right? What happened around the walls of Jericho? They didn't have to get another God. They didn't have to try to do something for God. They just praised God, right? It was the praise that brought the wall down. Amen? What part do we have to play in God doing something for us? Praise. He said, I've already done it. Amen? His victory is complete in us, Colossians 2, 9 through 10. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. To me, this is kind of like uh, Elisha with the, the servant you know, on the wall, and he sees all the enemy coming, and he says, and the enemies, uh, the servant says, there, there's just too many of them. And, and Elisha prays, and he says, just open his eyes, let him see. For what to come, for, for 
the victory sound that needs to come out of our mouth, there's a need for revelation. There's a need for open eyes to actually see that. Not just hear a sermon, but there's a spiritual need for a revelation of this. This says, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I'm sorry, but I need some more revelation, don't you? This is a big thing. This means that even though I might experience some kind of thing that looks like defeat on this earth, I'm actually going to die. This body's going to die, but that's not defeat because I have eternal life. Amen? <laughs> Things that look like, and, and that's why, you know, I, I, there's such a necessity to not associate earthly circumstances or news reports with success or defeat. Because what God says is, you know, you might be seeing something that looks like defeat, and God says, I'm going to use it for victory. You know, even, even in, we're in the last days right now. Do you know what's prophesied in the last days? Some pretty scary stuff. So are we supposed to go into pleading with God to put off the last days so that we don't have to endure it? Or, or what are we supposed to do? Well, he says, you're going to be victorious through it. Right? So in this world, you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome. What does that mean? That means I'm supposed to have a sound of victory coming out of my mouth. Not pleading with God to somehow remove me from this. <laughs> That's like a wine, isn't it? Especially if there's no convincing that he's won it for you already. If you're trying to get him to win it. Does that make sense? So there needs to be an adjustment of, of what's coming out of our mouth that reflects a conviction that's come by revelation of the victory that's been won for us. Does that make sense? And you are complete in him. You are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. That sounds like the Broncos won the Super Bowl to me. I don't have to hate watching them anymore. <laughs> Keep dreaming. Oh, man. I'm just so glad that this is so much better than trying to be some kind of Spurs or Broncos fan. You know, this is, this is so much better. <laughs> He's already won. We just get on the side of the winning. Okay, all right. Are y'all doing okay? Yeah. All right, 2 Corinthians one twenty. So what, is, what does it mean to be complete? That means every promise. Remember the promises? There's the promises and curses. There's promises for healing. There's promises for success. There's promises for your children. <laughs> Are there goat promises? Specifically goats? Okay, herds. Okay, animals. Your animals. Probably your dogs, not your cats. They're, they're, not, no, cats don't qualify. Cats, cats are right there with rats. That's why they rhyme. Okay. <laughs> All right, I, I'm just kidding. All right. I'm just kind of at, making you have to uh, exercise your love a little bit. So this is a love exercise right now. Every promise in victory is secured in Christ. Just needs a sound. So the promises that we get from him, we can't just say, you know what? We've been promised salvation, haven't we? 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have eternal life. What does that sound like? That sounds like a promise that all of us should be able to have, right? Who gets it? Only those that produce a sound. Is that right? Every other promise is like that. That's why we need revelation of those promises. We can act on them. We can say that I, I, I see victory in this. Instead of getting depressed and worried about our family, uh, uh, about, you know, something that, you know, my dad's going through challenges right now. And, man, I'm tempted sometimes just to get kind of heavy. And you know what? That's not heavenly minded to be heavy, <laughs> you know? It's because there's something bigger that, that, that we've been given in Christ um, that we can lay hold upon. Okay. For all the promises of God in him are what? Yes. Does that mean we have to try to persuade? They're, they're already ours, aren't they? And in him, amen, that means so be it, right? And who's it to the glory of? This is wonderful. God's got his own glory at stake here. He said, I'm putting my own name behind this. Amen? But what does it need? It needs a sound. That's why God is so insistent upon us getting our mouth. This is how faith works. It's, it's not enough for the heart to believe, is it? The mouth has to confess. Amen? And for every promise, it's the same way. It's already secured. I experience it. By a sound that comes out of my mouth. This is why you can see that it becomes so critical that we become filters of our mouths. We don't just let anything come out. Because it's either going to affirm and enable God's promise. Or it's going to, like, like he said, going into, the will, uh, going into the promised land. You don't get to go where the promises are if your mouth is not lined up with my praises. Amen. Things are not as they seem with the natural eyes. So Second um, Kings six sixteen. I just refer to this. This is Elisha with his servant, right? And and um, and I'll let you read that. I I already kind of summarized that. Battle is the Lord's. This is this is where David. I'll let you read this too because we're getting close here. Remember what happened. The whole army was scared, right? This is a giant. He was probably a, a descendant of a Nephilim or something, you know. He's it's, it's like a, it's a big, scary guy that you just, you, you know, I, I think of Ernest T., you know, from Andy Griffith. We were just watching that. <laughs> it's me, it's me, Ernest T., you know. <laughs> you think you'd have to just, you know, like, crawl up his back or, you know, something, stab him in the back. You know how he crawl on people? Braden was asking, why does he crawl on people? I was like, well, he's little. You know, that's, that's how David must have looked, you know, compared to him. And what does he start doing? It, it was so critical what David did. He heard it, his enemy heard it, and the armies heard it. What he declared, what he was going to do. He said, I'm going to take you down. I'm going to cut your head off, with, not with this sling, with your sword. And then I'm going to do the same thing to your army. He just kept going. Sounds pretty pompous, doesn't it? But what does he say? He said, because I'm standing here. You're still, still standing there at this moment. But the battle's the Lord's. So I'm just going to rejoice. It's not enough for that to be 
uh, a fact, though, I have to say it. I don't think he could have done what he did unless he had had his little speech. Because what he was doing was releasing the glory of God. You know, that whole congregation and the trumpets and all that stuff, they were releasing the glory of God. David was releasing the glory of God that he had rehearsed out on the pasture by himself. Right? This was not something new to him. This is something that he was very familiar with. This guy's standing here, but he's not like me. I have a covenant with an almighty God that is greater than this guy. And there's going to be power that comes out of my mouth to declare this. That's going to make a way for me to actually do it. Amen. The battle is the Lord's. So that's why I had to sing that song. Okay. Tonight. Anyway. So here's what happens. How many are redeemed? You know what? Jesus came to redeem everybody, didn't he? But those that receive redemption, that operate in it, they have a song. It's gonna, you're going to hear their song. Amen? When you really know that you're redeemed, when, you, when it's something like you're like David, that, that it's secured in you, that the battle's already been won, Jesus already defeated all your enemies, you're seated with him in heavenly places, it might not sound like some great singer. But it's your song, and it's going to be heard. It comes out of you. Don't you like it when, like, I like Braden. He's in the house sometimes, and he'll just start singing or whistling or something. And, and, and it just does you good because you know his heart is light. He's not down under something, right? He's, he's, he's lifted. His head's been lifted. When, we're, when our head is lifted by our Redeemer, <laughs> there's a song that comes out. Amen. There's a sound that, and I just encourage us in this. We've been, we, this is ours. But to step into it for it to become reality and for, for us even to affect the world right now that needs us. We're going to pray tomorrow night. And when we, when we come together to pray, it needs to not be one of fear and worry. It needs to become, it needs to be one of we're joining with what God's already up to. Amen. And we're on the victory side. We're not worried. We're, it's, it's not going to take my prayer for Israel to be saved. You know what? In a lot of ways, Israel needs to be judged right now. They've turned their back on God. And what they're getting right now, which, it, it will be mercy. You know? What they really need is salvation. And, and that's going on. Amen? In these kinds of times... But it's already been provided. God's already doing it. There's servants already there preaching. There's people that, that God has called them just for this time right now. That they're, and, and man, we can, get a, we can join with that. We're family. We're part of the same army of God. And we, can, and we can be, man, we can get excited about this. The battle is the Lord's. And we can get hooked up with that. Amen? So there should be this song, though, and this will happen when we get this revelation. I've been so encouraged with Paul's prayers and what he's, he always, he's not praying for stuff. He's not praying for promises. He's praying for revelation of stuff and promises that have already been provided. Because until there's revelation of that, there's not going to be a sound that represents that. Because when you get revelation of it, you're going to start sounding like it. And the sound is what produces the wall's coming down. 
Amen. Can you see that? All right, Revelation 5, 9 says, And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Listen to this. And have made us kings and priests unto our God. And we shall reign on the earth. Isn't that interesting? And we shall reign forever and ever. That sounds almost a little pompous and presumptuous, isn't it? Doesn't it? But it's kind of like David said, no, he did that for us so that we can rule and reign. We're not the ones to be under anything. We're the ones to be kings and priests. And we don't have to wait until then. He's made us that now. Amen? Amen? But we have to have that revelation of it. Praise God. Thank you.